0: hello everyone and welcome to locked on flames today we are going to be chatting san jose sharks with jd young from locked on sharks and we have a lot to talk about including their goalie situation you're locked on flames your daily podcast on the calgary flames part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Well, hello everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm your host Jess Belmosto and today's episode is a fun one. I just was over on Locked on Sharks talking all about the Flames and their, you know, super quiet off season that they've had and today JD is here to join us. But before we do that, uh, just remember to subscribe to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts and of course Give the show a five-star rating and leave a nice little review. JD, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. This is, yeah, the second half of a back-to-back here for us right now. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: so um, the Sharks.
1: Pretty quiet off-season. Yeah,
0: you know, they definitely didn't squeeze, like, a whole off-season into, like, four weeks. I, they would never do that to you. No,
1: of course not. Yeah, it is crazy off-season, of course, you know got to start with with doug wilson the longtime gm stepping down in april you know he was was the gm for 19 years for the sharks was very successful during that time except for the one thing that we're all trying to do which is win a stanley cup but he steps down um they decide to keep bob bugner as coaching staff until literally july 1st um fire the entire coaching staff Next week my career is the hired as the the general manager um, then you have the draft two days later then you have free agency the week after and then David Quinn is named uh, the head coach of the sharks like within a week of that so it's been a very fun time
0: <laughs> yeah and you know if you really want like more in-depth analysis I highly suggest listening to Lockdown on sharks um, do you feel like this like they've turned over a new leaf and they've sort of you know, are giving themselves a clean slate. They're almost done with the Evander Kane situation and cutting all ties with him. Like you said, new coach, new GM. Is this, is this finally time for the Sharks?
1: Uh, this is, it's going to be an interesting time. Cause I, I still think this is, or the the front office they still want to try to win which the sharks haven't done on a regular basis in the past three years since their western conference finals run um and you know since that moment they've been a bottom you know third team in the league and you know they, they picked third they had like the third pick they had the seventh pick and the 11th pick so these are all like in the past three drafts so slight improvements but you know nothing there but there's they're still they're kind of in that weird transition where they have a bit of an aging core, you know, they've been trying to kind of move to a younger core. And then you have a lot of exciting prospects who are going to be coming, but they're not quite NHL ready yet. So, you know, Mike Greer, I think his big thing was trying to come up with a more competitive roster. And he overturned, you know, kind of the bottom six of this roster has been completely redone. And that's always kind of been the Shark's weakness the past couple of years is this bottom six where they're putting in guys who are probably more AHL or you know, NHL tweeners and putting them in kind of big time minutes and, or, you know, kind of big time situations. And of course they're just not ready. Right. And that's not great for the development. One, they may just not be skilled enough and that's what comes with, you know, picking back in the draft from, from being good. And then two, just, you know, you, you have so many much resources tied up into your, your blue line with Brent Burns and Mark Edward Vlasic and, and you know, Eric Carlson, you just can't afford to like get quality players. So, you know, Mike Greer, he traded red Bridge, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a little bit, um, you know, and they use that kind of space to try to go get NHL caliber players to kind of help fulfill the bottom line at the bottom two lines. And with the hope that that takes pressure off your top, you know, your Tomas hurdles, your Timo Myers, or your Logan Coutures. Um, will it work? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm very, pessimistic on the upside of this team. I think there'll be a a more competitive team, but I just, I don't see a lot of upside with this team right now.
0: Does David Quinn scare you at all? Like the mixed reactions?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I talked to, to John of Lockdown Rangers about him and, you know, there's, it it kind of feels a lot like Bob Bugner 2.0 in some scenarios where, you know, we saw with Bob Bugner, and this is every coach. I mean, Daryl Sutter does the same thing, where, you know, especially young guys, and, you know, they make a mistake, and it's like, hi, Ryan Merkley, um, you can sit on the bench. We'll see you next game type of situation. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Jonathan Dolan, who's not with the Sharks anymore. You know, like these guys who have high upsides, but, you know, their their floors are, aren't NHL-caliber floors right now. And, you know, I, I that worries me, but... I think, you know, you, you see coaches a lot of times they kind of make a jump that second job. And I'm not saying David Quinn's going to be, you know, making a jump, but I did like the hiring of Ryan Worsofsky, who's going to be the assistant coach. Uh, he was the coach of the AHL uh, Chicago uh, Wolves, who just won the Calder Cup, um, you know, and his approach of like how he kind of develops and treats young players. And you know had a really great uh, conversation with our friend uh, Sarah Avampado. You can go check that out uh, on kind of what Worsofsky brings. So I'm hoping Worsofsky can kind of, maybe help balance that, like, hey, don't bench guys, you know, and let these guys kind of learn, especially what's probably going to be a lost season for the Sharks.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's always good to kind of have someone who can, you know, level level you out a little bit, keep you on the right path. And, you know, obviously hold the guys accountable, but don't punish them. They're still learning. It's, it's a learning process for everyone. And I think that that's kind of, I don't want to say the fun of rebuilding because there's no fun in that.
1: But uh, we are not rebuilding. You're uh, retooling. <laughs> retooling. That, yes. You're
0: retooling. Sorry. Yes.
1: It's but, a three you know, year retool. So.
0: <laughs> it's just kind of like playing like Jenga. You plug what works and you pull what doesn't or vice versa, whatever. But mm-hmm. it, it's a game. It's, you figure it out eventually. And coming up next, we are going to talk about some of the big offseason moves that I don't know if many people saw coming. Um, yes, Brent Burns was hes out of there. So we'll talk about that next. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online has all of your resources and needs for your betting uh, when it comes to golf, sp- uh, baseball hockey, NBA, combat sports, and more. And you can head on over to betonline.net today to learn even more. Um, there's plenty of things to bet on from, like I said, live sports to esports to reality TV and politics. So, you know, A to Z right there. And uh, head on over to betonline.net today to uh, see what's going on with all the live props, odds, and lines, and You'll never miss a beat over there. Bet online where the game starts. Did you see Brent Burns departing? Yeah. You did. Okay.
1: I called it the day before actually, Uh, the day before free agency. Uh, Yeah. um, They had to move off one of the contracts, right? So Brent Burns was on the, he had three years left on his $8 million contracts. And, uh, Mark Edward Vlasic's got four years on his 7 million and uh, we will all perish in the sun before uh, Eric Carlson's 11 dollar contract comes off the books. But so his contract is the only one that actually you could like get something back. Um, the Sharks did eat, you know, a third of the contract to move him to, to the Canes. And, you know, they got, they got back a, a goalie prospect. They got uh, Steven Lorenz is kind of like a, a fourth line guy. And then they got a third round draft pick um, in in next year's draft. But like, that six million dollars—that's—that's that's what let them to kind of go do other stuff. And you know, I, there's going to be a big questions of how do you fulfill Brent Burns minutes because you know he led the NHL in minutes played last year on that terrible, terrible Sharks team. It was was playing 26 minutes a night, and you know when when especially with Eric Carlson, who I love Eric Carlson, but I mean he's he's missed a ton of games ever since he's he's put on teal. Um, you know how is this? The defense core going to kind of make up for for Brent Burns's app. That's a lot of minutes. You are going to have to make up. So, you know, they they went out the season, and like I said, they tried to add quality NHL quality players. Um, they got Marcus uh, Vara, who's you know 28 year old defenseman, had some injury issues. Matthew Benning, who's you know again another 28 year old defenseman who can kind of plug and play right there. Um, and then you're you're hoping Ryan Merkley can kind of make that jump. You know, he's was a their, their first round pick in the, the 2018 draft and he's kind of hasn't you you see the flashes but then you see those moments where you're just like dude what are you doing type of thing so you're hoping that you have just more kind of quality depth of guys who can kind of eat away those minutes and then eric carlson can kind of regain that first line defensive you know pairing format that that we've seen flashes of in san jose but we just haven't seen it consistently
0: has Carlson battled injuries? Is that what's keeping him out?
1: Yeah. So he had, um, of course, he had you know famously tore his groin, um, you know, his first season with the Sharks. And I still say if he doesn't tear his groin, they're probably beating the Bruins in the the uh, the Cup final that year. They beat the Blues and they finally beat the Bru- they they beat the Bruins that year. But um, and then he the next year uh, he broke a thumb. He had a, a puck hit. His, you know, just like a weird injury where a puck hits, and it, it um, you know, then they were bad. So they kind of kept him out. Um, he played most of the bubble season, um, and then last year he tore his uh, forearm, so that he had surgery, and um, there. So it's like these weird things where it's, you know, it's it's not like the same thing over and over. whereas you know, I mean, he has he's dealt with the groin issues here and there, but. Um, yeah, the, the forum is, is kind of what did him in last year. So, yeah.
0: That is quite unfortunate. I think everybody uh, was rooting for him. I remember Eric Carlson watch and that whole, you know, how exciting it was for him to be out of Ottawa. Um, <laughs> gosh, that feels like forever ago. And like you said, the sun will burn us alive before <laughs> this contract actually ends. Yeah. Um, what have been the biggest changes for this roster this offseason you mentioned the bottom six just being a complete overhaul what does that look like now
1: yeah i mean so you know you've they they had a lot of kind of patching it together with young guys last year uh lord jasper weatherby um you know he was like the opening day for c um you had you know scott reedy played a bunch of games last year you had like Jonah Gadovich, who played, you know, he was a waiver claim from the, the Canucks. Um, you know, you've had just like a bunch of these kind of guys who kind of filling filling in the holes. Um, Rudolph Balsers, who's now in Florida. Uh, Jonathan Dalin, like I said, who's probably going to go back to Sweden now. Um, you know, kind of these guys who were kind of floating in and out and just never could really kind of claim that, that position. And, you know, Mike Greer, he kind of, his big thing is he wants competition and, and trying to fill this bottom six with NHL caliber guys so that way, you're not asking your prospects to kind of do too much too soon. Right. And then kind of stunt their development or type of situation. So, you know, having, like I said, they, they traded for Luke Kunin from the Preds who's okay. They got Oscar Lindbaum who, you know, they signed him from former flyer who, you know, everybody knows the story about, you know, coming back from cancer. Um, you know, and he looked like he was going to be a guy before he, before he got sick, but he still hasn't kind of returned to form yet. They signed Nico Sturm, um, who was on, on the abs in and, and the wild last year. And then, you know, and Steven Laurent, So, And then you've got Matt Nieto, who's been kind of still hanging out there as well. So just a bunch of NHL caliber guys. But my, my big question with them is, which of these guys is, like, going to be that upside, like, oh, that's – I could see this guy going from, like, a 10-15 goal score to, like, a 20-25 goal score, and yeah. none of them, so.
0: None of them are kind <laughs> of setting off any bells for you.
1: No, that's where the hope is, like, William Eklund who's going to, you know, he's coming, he's going to make his, he's going to be playing his rookie season. you know, you hope William Eklund can kind of come in and be a potential Calder finalist, if not Calder winner, um, or Thomas Bordalo, who looked really good at the end of the season last year, but he's going to have competition for for, you know, if you like in April or May, you were like, oh, yeah, Bordalo is making the team. And then now it's like, oh, bordalo has got to fight for that position, especially since most of these guys are on one-way contracts.
0: Oh, man, that sounds too stressful. <laughs> and, you know, you've had Eklund on your show a few times. And what what is he like for, you know, <laughs> Flames fans to get a taste of?
1: Uh, William Eklund is, uh, you know, how we... we I mean, everyone knows Thomas. Hertel, Thomas Hurdle's like pure joy. Mm-hmm. Eklund's kind of like the mini v- version of that right now. where he's, he's just he's so such a nice guy to talk to. Um, you know, and you can just tell how much he loves playing hockey and and stuff. And you know, I know he had a he he didn't have the season he wanted in Sweden last year. Going back, but um, he was kind of. Put into like a third line checking role type of situation, and I don't think it, that team was really bad. They they went through a GM change. They had multiple coaches, like just a bad team. And, and you know, Drew Gardens actually was relegated uh, down to the Hockey Svenskin league. So, um, talking to him, he is he is pumped to get back and play in San Jose, and uh, he's ready to burn the NHL down.
0: <laughs> the Pacific Division, better watch out for when that happens (laughs) Uh, coming up next we are going to talk about a few more changes and maybe a few predictions for the san jose sharks but uh before we do that remember to go check out locked on nhl after you listen to locked on flames and locked on sharks you know, you got to keep that hockey fix going through the off season and don't worry, Locked On NHL has you covered 5 days a week and they are working through their power rankings right now. So, you know, it's always great to kind of look at those now versus when the season actually starts. There was one unexpected player last year who gave the Flames a lot of a lot of problems. A lot, and that would be the one and only Aiden Hill. What is he going to be a problem this year? Do you, what does the Sharks' goaltending situation look like?
1: So, the Sharks uh, have currently seven guys on NHL contracts right now that are goalies. Um, James, Reimer, I'm gonna see if I can do this without looking James Reimer, Aiden Hill, and uh, Capo Cockett. In, who they uh, traded for at the deadline from the Minnesota Wild. Um Aiden Hill had an up and down season after last year. They they traded a second round pick from the Coyotes, so you know, he came out of the gate pretty strong but dealt with injuries. I think he played one game after mid um mid January where he came in because they had literally nobody else then he had a shutout against the Kings and then uh we didn't see him for the rest of the season. So <laughs> Um, then you have yeah, so capital and then you have on the AHL you have uh good old Aaron Dell, who's back. Um, you have Strauss Mann, who is a uh, former Michigan uh goalie, um Itu Ikunami, who they got in the Brent Burns trade, and then Zachary Imond. E. I did it, I named them all. Um wow. <laughs> Emon's going back to the ECHL. Dell, um uh E2 and then Straussman are all gonna be playing on the CUDA and Dell's kind of like your he's on a two-way deal, so he's kind of your break in case of emergency. So if you need him to play some NHL games, he can come up and play, or and then he can kind of be a mentor guy for, for those young goalies. But then that leaves um that that leaves uh Reimer, who was magnificent for the Sharks last year, um carried them to way more wins than they probably deserved because the dudes uh Everyone loves James Reimer, but uh, Aiden Hill, who for some reason just has the flames number, I think he's kind of the odd man out right now. Um, you know, Capocak, and, and he—I thought he played really well for the Sharks at the end of the season. Um, he, you know, they, they just gave him a new two-year contract. Um, Reimer and Hill are both on the last year of their deals, and I think they go into training camp, kind of see how it goes, and then maybe see if a goalie gets injured or if somebody doesn't like their goalie depth. And then they, they try to trade a guy during training camp would be my guess.
0: That will be very interesting. Um, I am still very mad at Aiden Hill for that. <laughs> I'm like, I'd go into like my episodes and I'd be like, yeah, guys, it's the sharks, you know, like, look at where the flames are. Look at where the sharks are. And then, then Aiden Hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, flames the end up blowing like a three goal lead. And I'd be like, okay, well, got Aiden Hills again, it's fine. Um, do you think that they do you, okay do you think it'll be uh, rhymer and Kak- Kakinen just kind of splitting the games if those are the two
1: yeah I think that's that'll be the approach um, you know it'd be interesting to see how David Quinn does it because I mean you know he he has Shusterkin before he was Shusterkin, you know, and yeah. I think they kind of split the split the games there. And not that I think, you know, Kapo Kakinen is gonna be Shusterkin, but um, you know, I, I really like Kapo Kakinen. You know, he was HL goalie of the year a couple of years ago, and um, you know, I think you know he's still pretty young. He's, he's 24, 25, and I think he's gonna to continue to grow. And I assume he's by the end of the year, he's gonna be like the guy, and maybe it's more of like a 60-40 split. Um, but I I, I think that that is, it's probably going to be a 50, they're going to be kind of platooning in at at some point. I mean, unless you have like a Markstrom or, you know, somebody like that where you can, you know, play them 70% of the games. I think most of the time it's it's kind of close to a 50-50 split. So,
0: yeah. With all of these moves and the kind of pending moves, uh, do you think the Sharks are more competitive this year?
1: I think they will be a little bit more competitive. I just, I still think they're going to struggle to score goals. They were like 27th in the league last year in scoring goals. And, you know, and like Timo Meyer had his best season ever, you know, uh, Tomas hurdle had a great season. Logan, Couture is getting older. You know, you, you have 50 points leaving, you know, walking out the door with Brent Burns. Like, I still think this team's going to struggle to score goals. Um, you know, and I, I, I love William Mecklen. I think he's going to be an awesome player, but that, that's a lot to ask for a guy to just to kind of come in and, you know, Hey, I need you to score 20, 25 goals as a rookie and type of situation. And he's not really much of a goal scorer. He, he's more of a distributor and, uh, you know, trying to find that. And I just, I don't know if they have the complementary goal scoring for, for him to kind of fully, you know, kind of come in and, and do that. But um yeah. I, I, I honestly, I pegged them to be like one of the five worst teams in the NHL.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. That definitely takes away from my follow-up question uh, asking if they could be a sneaky playoff.
1: Uh, I mean, if everything goes right, so like they could be a potential, like flirting with the playoffs team. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if James Reimer has like another a repeat season, Capo Kakinen has another season, like, a you know, he kind of takes that next step. Um You know, if the defense is more kind of competent, and then just they just kind of grind out every game like three to two or two to one type of thing. Yeah. Um, But that there's just there's no margin of error there. And like I said, I know they have more NHL caliber guys like on the roster, but they're you know exactly what you're getting with all these guys, right? That that's kind of my thing is there's there's no upside swings, and that that's why I think they're gonna be. Kind of a bottom of the uh, the I think they're gonna be the worst team in the Pacific, and I think they're gonna be one of the five worst teams in the NHL just because I I don't see the upside. Like if if Timo Meyer's like a hundred point season and Hurdle's putting up 80 points and William Eklund's got 50 or 60, then we can have a conversation. And you wow. know, and Eric Carlson returns to Norris form, then we can have a conversation. But I just that's that's a lot of stuff that's to go right.
0: Yeah, and like you said, that's asking a lot of uh, all of these players. And yes. <laughs> um, contrary to what a lot of fans think, this isn't just like a video game where you can put it on like easy mode and just destroy yeah. your opponents and whatnot. So, do I think okay. the
1: Pacific's going to be way better this year?
0: I was just going to ask if you think like the Pacific will be more competitive this year because last year it just. It felt like a wash. Like, even Vegas was not hanging out where yeah. they normally were.
1: Yeah, I think oh, with Vegas, they're they're the ultimate, like, star scrubs team, right? You know, where they have, like, kind of like how the, the old Sharks formula, where it was, like, we got a bunch of really awesome guys, and we got a bunch of Daniel You're taking guys who are just going to, like, kind of help do stuff. And I, I expect, you know, them to be better this year. Um, you have McDavid... Right, you've got like they're they're going to be good with McDavid, um, you know, and, and Vander came with a full season. He'll he'll be good this season, and then he'll go on his bad behavior after that because that, that's his thing. So, um, but you know, I think Vancouver's going to be better. They're going to they're they have a, like a real coach for a full season now. Uh, the Kraken with you know they're going to be fun with Shane Wright and and Mattie Beniers down the middle. That's a pretty solid start. Um, you know, the Kings are going to be good. The Ducks, I think, you are going to be better. Yeah, I, I just – I mean, I think Calgary – sorry, I think you guys take a step back, but, like, I, I just – I think there's a – I think the Pacific's just going to be a better division than, than this year than, than they were last year.
0: I hope so because, <laughs> like, last year when uh, we were doing our uh, predictions and whatnot, it was just – it was so easy to say, okay, here's the – super not competitive Pacific Division, Vegas wins it, and the cards just kind of fall into place. But I hope this year is different. I hope, you know, we do get to see a little bit of chaos and fun, uh, just fun chaos. I don't want to deal <laughs> with – no one needs any more Evander Kane drama, regardless <laughs> of what team he's on. Like, he's he's maxed out his – a timeout card or whatever, but drama card, yes, yeah. He's you know, buy nine cartons of milk, you get the 10th one free. He's kind of done that yep. multiple times now. But thank you so much for joining me, JD. I greatly appreciate it. Um, do you have any predictions or any final thoughts you'd like to share with the show?
1: Uh, William Ecklin, he's gonna be really good. <laughs> I'm not biased at all when I say that. <laughs> no. be really good.
0: And I, I think he'll be pretty great too. Yeah. Uh, but where can people find you on Twitter and where can they find the show?
1: Uh you can find me on Twitter at my fryhole. Uh, where I post dumb stuff constantly um, and make dumb memes. William Eklund did approve my memes. So that is true. Um, You can also find the show wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, and of course on YouTube as well. So please uh, go click on that subscribe button
0: for me. Yeah. Go subscribe. So he can buy the dog more treats and toys. Yeah. The
1: the real co-host, my poor dog, Dakota. Yes.
0: (laughs) And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and, uh, You can find the show where you normally find it on Spotify, Apple, and Audible, and YouTube as well.